Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Well, you got to see behind the curtain, guys, if you're watching on Facebook. Uh, you know, I, I always say I do a lot of silly things every day. Every day I do something really goofy and silly. But when I put my head on the pillow at night, I know I didn't kill today. So today we were getting ready to start our broadcast and I got into my head. Since we're talking about animals, I wanted to have my dog who was right over there on with me. And uh, guess what? Uh, I tripped and I knocked all the equipment over and we had to start all over again. But you know what? The, the great, wonderful thing about, uh, about what we do is there is a certain safety net that we have as people who are living a compassionate lifestyle. And that safety net is that we are not killing no matter what. So imagine somebody who goes through life perfectly, never making any mistakes, shows up at work early, makes a ton of money, has a great house, drives a fancy car, but every day is killing uh, a few animals. Sometimes when you eat a hamburger, you're eating the body parts of hundreds of animals because it's processed meat that comes from a whole variety of different sources. So where does that come into account? Where does all that killing come into account when it comes to living a perfect lifestyle? Uh, I want to, I want to introduce somebody who's one of my heroes, Alam Orion. He is the founder of National Animal Rights Day, which is coming up Sunday, June 3rd. And he acknowledges all those animals who died, all those animals who live these horrific lives, who never, ever, 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 see the light of day, never touch grass. Also that we can eat a food that is completely not only unnecessary for us, but is actually killing us and killing the planet. Alam, tell us what is National Animal Rights Day? So National Animal Rights Day is a day that is celebrated every uh, first Sunday of every June, um, now in its eighth year. Started in America, but now it's uh, expanded around the world into Asia and Europe and um, uh, north, you know, Canada, north of uh, the U.S. Um, and it's a day that is dedicated, like you said, to animals. It's one day where we stop everything and we all come together, no matter which group or fraction we belong to. And we all come together to, first of all, commemorate the billions of animals that are killed unnecessarily every year. And then also celebrate them, celebrate the living animals with us, celebrate the steps that are being made every year towards ending the suffering of animals and celebrating us as a community of uh, compassionate people that devote our lives to help animals. So how long have you been doing National Animal Rights Day? It started in 2010. I mean, I've been an activist for about two decades now, but uh, uh, in, when I was living in New York uh, in 2010, I gathered a bunch of activists and we started doing these video demos that are now coming back, being very popular by, the, by a group called uh, Anonymous for the Voiceless. But we, I don't know if you're, saw that footage, Jane, but you were living in New York at the time also. And we would stand in the Union Square in a line of, uh, you know, all of us in a line. And we have a mm-hmm. big TV that we brought to the square. And we, mm-hmm. just, we just showed videos on that TV. And we just stood there silently with uh, posters on our bodies and just stood there silently and let people see the, the footage and make the connection that, you know, uh, this is the life, uh, the lives that uh, these animals that they're eating are having. And... Um, that was pretty successful. And then we realized we got to do something up at a notch and get everybody, all the groups, not just our group, all the animal rights groups in New York together to do a big event for animals. So uh, we, we managed to do that. And that first event, we decided to call the National Animal Rights Day. That was in 2011. Well, let me ask you this question. How did you get the idea to do this? So I, I have to give uh, kudos to the amazing group Animal Equality or Igualdad Animal in, in, Sp- in Spanish. I was traveling in Spain in 2010. Again, I was an activist, but I, was, uh, I didn't find my, my kind of activism. I, I was volunteering for different other groups in New York, and, but really not, none of their types of activism really spoke to me. 
And then I happened to travel to the Cannes Film Festival. And on the way back, I traveled through Madrid. And I saw a group of people standing in a line like that in the middle of Madrid. They had laptops hanging, hanging on their bodies. And again, they just stood silently and just the laptop showed. The laptop spoke for themselves. But it was very moving. It was like a theatrical experience. It really hit me in the guts. I said, that's exactly what I want to do. You know, I'm an actor. I'm a filmmaker. The power of video, that's it. Um, they just let the videos speak on, on their own. And this fact that they're standing there, there silently and not shouting and not pointing the finger at anybody actually provides a safe space for people to come and want to engage with these videos and watch them. So I, I spoke to them and they said, hey, can I bring this to New York? They weren't ready at the time, even though now, they're, by the way, they are in, in, in the U.S. But at the time, they weren't ready. So I said, oh, you know what? I'm coming back to New York. I'm going to start something. Like, I'm going to try to do the same thing. And that's when we tried to do these video uh, demos. Uh, laptops didn't work for New York for some reason, so we used a big TV. And then when, when Igualdad Animal in Spain for the International Animal Rights Day, which is December 10, when they, we saw the footage on the images of them doing a big, big event with 400 people in the middle of Madrid, that's when we said, you know what, guys, again, we got to not copy that. We, we got to use this inspiration to try to unite all the groups in New York to do something like that, get hundreds of people, all of us, to come to Union Square and do an event for animals. And that's what we try to do. And we decided to just call it, instead of just a protest, we decided to call it the National Animal Rights Day. Well, we're going to take a brief break. On the other side of the break, we have a caller coming in. We're going to learn more about National Animal Rights Day and how you can be a part of it here on Voice America Radio. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Listen for In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt, international media celebrity, supermodel, and renowned beauty and lifestyle expert, as well as founder and CEO of Envelop Her, multimedia platform for women, and sought-after inspirational speaker on women's issues. You'll connect with Clarissa's super influencer, celebrity friends, and experts as they speak about health, wealth, beauty, lifestyle, business, the love of giving, and the love of living a model life. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to elevate yourself and your business to the next level. What are the secrets of business success? Discover them on Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with your host, Kieran Sweeney. Find out who the business owners are that stand out in their respective industries and what they can teach you. The program contains valuable advice that can cost thousands through a professional consultant. Key Entrepreneurs of Influence can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. Welcome back. And I am here with Alam Orion, who is one of my heroes. He is the founder of National Animal Rights Day. Alam, tell us what is... National Animal Rights Day. So National Animal Rights Day is one day a year every uh, first Sunday of June where many, many activists and animal lovers around the world stop everything and dedicate that day to animals. We start with commemorating the billions of animals that die every year unnecessarily by human hands. 
And then we also celebrate. We celebrate the living animals that we all have with us. We celebrate the big steps that are being made every year towards ending the suffering of animals. And we celebrate us as a community of uh, dedicated people that um, devote our lives uh, to help animals. It's a very moving ceremony. How did you get the idea to do this? And can you paint a picture of it? Describe what these ceremonies look like, because people are actually, in some cases, cradling uh, animals in their arms. And these are pigs and calves and chickens that have been taken from slaughterhouses, and they are holding them in their arms to show the world the reality of what people don't want to admit. People want to think that their hamburgers come from hamburger trees. They want to think that their nuggets are just little things that grow on nugget trees. When each and every bite that they take is a bite of an individual who had a mother, who had a personality, who wanted to live, who didn't sign up to die, and that light bulb moment where you realize, oh my God, I'm eating someone, not something. To me, that is the litmus test of the evolution that we as a human species need to achieve if we are not only to evolve spiritually and morally, but if we're to survive as a planet. Yeah, so you said it perfectly. You know, that's it. Uh, our ceremonies are a uh, a theatrical event. They're always in the public. They're basically a memorial funeral service for the billions of animals. And sometimes we have real representative of these animals, individuals, like you said, that don't have a name, that had a mother, but nobody cared about them or their mother. We managed to get the bodies of some of these individuals from those terrible places where they hidden from the public. And we're talking about, again, like you said, cows and chickens and ducks and, and uh, baby uh, goats and, and pigs and even, you know, sea, sea animals, fish and lobsters and all kinds of animals that we only, that humans only recognize as a piece of meat on their plate. So we get those animals from the hidden places where they're kept and tortured. We bring them out to the public and we cradle them in our arms like, you, like one would cradle their human baby or a cat or a dog. And we're just showing the public non-verbally and they get the message, look at these animals. These beautiful animals are what you eat or what you wear or what you consume. They're not different than your cat or dog or your human baby that you would hold in your arms in public or at home. Uh, and this message, this nonverbal message really comes, really um, is understood by people. So that's exactly the idea. The idea is not to shock anybody or not to scare anybody. The idea is to show people those real individuals that usually people never see in their lifetime face to face. The idea is to show, it, show them these individuals and help them make the connection, help them realize, wow, the burger that I just ate at McDonald's or whatever is this animal or the mother of this animal. That's, that's exactly like you said. People get the connection and something, you know, the, the token falls, like we, we say in Hebrew, you know, the, in the old days when they had this phone booths and you put a token in, it finally falls and it clicks. That's the metaphor for this process. It clicks, people get it, they get it on an emotional level, they cry, they, get, they have an emotional reaction, and they realize, wow, I need to change my lifestyle. So that's the idea. So some of our uh, events, which, by the way, this year are 32 cities around the world, some of our events will have those individual animals, some will have pictures of animals, and some will have other creatives way, uh, ways to, creative ways to deliver the message. Yeah, but these uh, memorial services are very powerful and they're meant to do exactly uh, like you said. Well, we are getting some uh, messages coming in on Facebook. Adita Bernkrant says, hi from New York City, Alam and Jane. I'll be going live at the New York City NARD. And then we have Nordine. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Bonjour. Uh, and um, I don't know. I don't speak that good French, so, but she's saying something in French. But it brings up the point of it's a global event happening all over the world. So I want to get to that. First, let's go to a caller, Lisa in Los Angeles. Your question or thought, Lisa. Hi. Yeah, I'm wondering how to get involved. This sounds like something that's right up my alley and I'm concerned for the animals. And um, as a participant, do I, do I watch the event? Is there something that I could do? Yeah, so we, we would love for you to stand with us in the ceremony. And by the way, after the ceremony, there's a celebration. So it doesn't end there. But uh, we would love for you to stand. The best participation is to stand with us in the ceremony. 
in LA, we won't have, in Los Angeles, we won't have uh, deceased animals, but we'll have very powerful posters of animals. So we would love for you to stand with us and hold a poster. Um, the best way to do it is email us uh, at uh, NARD, NARD, which stands for National Animal Rights Day, <coughs> NARD.2018.LA at gmail.com. So email us, let, let us know you want to participate, and we'll send you all the information. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks. And let me ask you, Alam, what cities is this happening on Sunday, June 3rd? Uh, I know it's happening in New York. I know it's happening in Los Angeles. Jane Unchained, my digital news network for animal rights, will be live at your event uh, in Los Angeles. And we'll have somebody, Adida is a contributor to Jane Unchained. She'll be live. Uh, and uh, so tell us where you're going to be having these, in what cities? So it's going to be in, a, in 17 cities around the U.S. and Canada. Mm -hmm. And then many other cities, again, amounting to 32 cities total around the world. So, for example, we're having Paris, <coughs> Paris France, Barcelona, Spain, Frankfurt, Germany, um, several cities in India, uh, Manila, Philippines, Saigon, Vietnam, two cities in Taiwan, uh, really amazing places. Um, and if you want to get the full list of cities, go to our website. There's actually a, a map there with all the cities. So our website is www.thenard.org. Again, the, N-A-R-D.org. And you'll see uh, the list and the map of all our cities. Now, uh, we've got another caller, Latisa. I think it's Latisa. What is your question or thought? Hi, uh, my question is, what do you hope to accomplish this year at the, at the event? You know, we want to accomplish the same thing we always do. We want to open people's eyes and hearts to, again, how us as human beings, how we treat animals and help them make the connection that these individual beautiful beings that are shown in our hands or in our posters are what we all as, as a society consume in every way, every shape and every way, consume also every part of them, you know, from their flesh to their skin, to their tail, to their hair, to their everything. So we want to really wake up people and help them make the connection and help them realize, wow, maybe I as a human being, maybe there's a different way for me to live my life. And many people, that's what it, it does. Many people have this epiphany, so to speak, and either they go vegan or vegetarian the next day or they really want to uh, change uh, their life. And then the, the second part of the event, the celebration, function also uh, for that, to help people, educate them, help them. This is how you can go vegan. This is how you can cut meat off your of your diet, um, we give information, we, we give advice, we talk about it, we help with, uh, you know, resources, every, everything somebody might need. Oops, excuse me. Oh, don't get up. I just, that's how I knocked mine over. I got up to pick up my dog and I right. knocked the whole thing over this morning. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I, let me bring you this in. Lori Cooper says, here we go again. How do you think people survived back in the day? They had to kill animals to get food or they would starve to death. Idiots. Your response. Well, first of all, it's not true. I mean, at some point in the human evolution, yeah, human beings decided not because of necessity. They have plants they could eat, but they decided that killing animals or maybe eating animals that were already dead, by the way, only after cooking them, no human being can eat an animal just like that. But humans decided or found out that eating those carcasses was okay and was doable and maybe tasty or we developed the, the love for it, the taste for it. And it became, it became a habit like any other habit. But we all know by now, Jane, right, that mm -hmm. humans are not meant where our physicality is not geared towards eating and processing the, uh, meat. We don't have the teeth for it. We don't have the saliva for it. We don't have the digestive system for it. We really weren't meant to do it. The fact that we got into the habit of doing it and really killing and torturing those animals uh, in order to provide that need, it, it's, it's just a habit. We know by now it's unhealthy for us, it's unnatural for us. And really nowadays in 2018, there's so many other options of other foods to eat. So we really there's no, no reason to eat it other than being, being a habit and being uh, people being uh, accustomed to it. Uh, Tina Marie says, hi, sending love and support from the Wittlich Pig Save here in Germany. And that's another movement. Your movement dovetails with the Save movement and also the Cube of Truth movement. These are three burgeoning movements that are happening globally that are trying to shake people out of their denial and confront 
peacefully, nonviolently confront them with the truth of what they're doing to these animals while they are simultaneously walking around and saying, I love animals. I'm an animal lover. No, they're dog lovers or they're cat lovers, but they're not animal lovers because the vast majority of animals on this planet are not dogs or cats. They are because they are forcibly impregnated, which is, let's face it, a sexual violation. Uh, and they are um, cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, goats. That is the majority of animals on this planet, 50 to 60 billion. And I'm just talking about land animals. If you include fish, we kill 50 to 60 billion land animals, cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, goats, and lambs. They are just like our dogs or cats. In fact, pigs are a lot smarter than dogs. And yet we walk around saying we love animals. We are the cruelest culture in the history of humankind to animals while we pat ourselves on the back and say we're the kindest because we go to some pet store and buy a lot of toys for animals. It's madness. And I just wanna say one other thing. We are not, we are not designed to eat meat. And I've heard a lot of different arguments, but one of my favorites is, if you saw roadkill on the side of the road, what would you do? I'll tell you what real carnivores do. When they see roadkill, a squirrel or any other animal that's been smushed and is on the side of the road, may they rest in peace, they want to eat it. Right. They want to salivate, they start salivating and they really want to eat that dead animal right there on the spot. They don't need to saute it in herbs and spices. They don't need to cut the animal up and put it on a, a tray and cook it. Yep. No, carnivores crave flesh right there on the spot. If we were carnivores, when we saw roadkill, we would begin to salivate. We'd be hard pressed not to pull over to the side of the road, jump out and eat that animal right there on the spot. We are not carnivores. In fact, we have to disguise our food it, when it's animal products in order to make it palatable to consume. If you put a baby in a crib and then you put a bunny rabbit and you put a peach, the baby would eat the peach and pet the bunny rabbit. The baby wouldn't eat the bunny rabbit and pet the peach. Yeah. If you put a baby coyote into a crib, the baby coyote is more likely to eat the bunny rabbit because the coyote is a carnivore. So that's the difference. And we need to wake the world up to that because people are being brainwashed. I, uh, one of the things that's so extraordinary is everybody cites their ethnicity, their nationality as why they can't go vegan. Oh, I could never go vegan. I'm from, pick a country, doesn't matter. Pick an, a nationality, pick, it's all crazy conditioning and brainwashing. Because if you actually go back to those countries, you would see that in large part, with very few exceptions, the average meal was 90% plant-based. For that, the course of human history, meat has been a tiny treat that people ate every so often because meat wasn't industrialized the way it is today. You couldn't just go somewhere and pick it up. You actually had to do a lot of work to get that meat. So it was something that was a, an exception to the rule. Most of it, the really traditional diets around the world have been plant-based since the dawn of time. So we are told a whole bunch of things that are just not true in order to condition us. Why? And I didn't make this up. In fact, most of what I'm saying, I haven't made up. I've heard from speeches, various speeches, Gary Yarofsky and other great thinkers. But I heard one this weekend that blew me away. Salish Rao, who is an amazing, not only engineer, environmentalist, and uh, film executive producer, said, guess what? They are farming humans. And I, I did a head spin. Farming humans? Well, yeah because people are making money. Very tiny percentage, small percentage of the population, the 0.0111% are making huge amounts of money selling people bad food, getting them sick, and then making money on the other side in the pharmaceutical and medical industry. Billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. This is why they don't want us to see the truth about factory farming. 
Because if we stop eating animals, we stop being the suckers, the suckers who are paying on both ends and they are laughing all the way to the bank. And guess what? Those people have private chefs. They do not eat fast food. They do not eat the crap that they're selling to the masses because they may be sociopaths, but they're smart. They're not gonna eat that garbage. So they're not getting sick at the rate that the people who are um, uh, the lower 95% of the population is getting sick. So this is one reason why National Animal Rights Day is so important and it is coming up on June 3rd, Sunday, all across the world. And Alam Orion here, who's an amazing actor and activist, is the founder and creator of it and is putting it all together. Um, it's a brilliant concept. We are gonna take a very brief break. We're gonna be back. We're gonna stay live on Facebook, but we're gonna be back with Voice of America Influencers after a short commercial break. Stay with us. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. More people are in slavery today than ever before. With Rock Against Trafficking, our goal is to create awareness through the power of music. Join host Gary Miller, an award-winning songwriter, musician, and producer, as he connects with the musicians that are part of the effort, showcases new music, and brings stories that will reach out to you in supporting the survivors of trafficking. Listen in every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for Rock Against Trafficking on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Voice America Influencers. We are so delighted. My name is Jane Velez Mitchell to have Alam Orion on and he is just one of my heroes. He is not only an incredible actor who's been on a lot of TV shows, you probably recognize him. We could ask you about that, how many TV shows you've been on and which ones, but he is the founder of National Animal Rights Day, which is a global event happening on Sunday, June 3rd. If you wanna participate, go to thenard.org, T-H-E, the, NARD, N-A-R-D, stands for National Animal Rights Day, thenard.org and get involved. You can come and hold a sign. You can just come and observe. You can carry, uh, we have, there's caskets that they carry. And I'm very happy to say that Jane Unchained is one of the sponsors this year because I think it's just such an incredible, incredible way of waking people up to the reality of what they're doing. We've got a caller, uh, Paul from North Carolina. What is your question or thought, Paul? Hi, Jane. Thank you all for doing the show today. I, I wanted to ask, how we can help further escalate uh, the urgency of, of our cause for animal rights, given the planetary crises of mass species extinction and climate change, that those are planetary crises affecting everyone, 
including the animals. How do we work that into the conversation and escalate the urgency? Great question. Wow. What do you think, Alam? Well, I, th- I think it's absolutely right. You know, there's, there's kind of three pillars to the it problem of how we as, as a human sp- as species treat animals. What we do to the animals, what we do to our own health, which you touched upon, you know, eating that, that crap and then getting sick and keeping that cycle. And the last pillar is what we're doing to the earth. We know by now that the industry, the animal agriculture industry, is responsible for more green, gra- grass emission, uh, green gas emissions and destruction to the ozone and to the land and water, responsible to more destruction than the whole transportation industry in the world combined. We're talking about cars, airplanes, everything. So, and people don't know that. So basically eating animals directly contributes to ruining the planet, the air, the water, and the grass surfaces on the planet, including forest, deforestation, and all that. So, you know, that's a really great point. We, a lot of, even a lot of, you know, uh, so, so to speak, uh, planet preservation or animal rights groups don't mention that thing because it's inconvenient, like the, the film, Unconvenient Truth. Um, it's inconvenient to talk about it, you know, that the number one cause of ruining the planet and the environment is animal agriculture because it's so tied to other industries, to money, to habits, to lobbies in, in D.C. and in other world, you know, um, capitals. Um, yeah. What do you think, Jane? Well, I agree. And here's the thing. The average hamburger would cost four or five times what it costs, six times if it wasn't subsidized by us taxpayers. So we are uh, being taken for a ride on so many levels. Every time you pay your taxes, think about it. Oh, I'm subsidizing the agriculture industry, which is not run by small farmers anymore at all. We chase them all out of business for the most part. It's big industrialists who live in big cities, in high rises in Manhattan, who've never been inside a farm in their lives. They're the ones making money off of us. And we are subsidizing them. Why? Because the agriculture industry is extremely powerful and they've got their thumb on the USDA, on the uh, members of Congress. I remember I went into Congress and I'll leave the name of the member of Congress out of it, supposedly an environmentalist. And this was when the Hallmark Slaughterhouse uh, fiasco happened where uh, there was uh, the largest, one of the largest, if not the largest beef recall in history, because they found out through an undercover investigation, and I believe it was by the Humane Society of the United States, that they were pulling down cows to slaughter, animals that are too weak to stand up, and that potentially is a health threat to humans. And the USDA inspectors were there, and they were looking the other way. Anyway, it was horrific, horrific footage showing cows being dragged with tractors and scooped up like they were trash and taken to slaughter. We took it to Congress and got an interview with one of the most forward-thinking Congress members who was supposedly an environmentalist who was elected with the help of animal lovers. And there was no comment. In other words, we sat in the room, we showed it to him, and he couldn't even bring himself to say, that's horrific, that's morally reprehensible. He just sort of looked at it and I could see the wheels turning and the smoke coming. He wanted to get us out of his office. Why? Because if we're, if he's agreeing with us that this is morally reprehensible and he does something about it, guess who's going to come down and crush him? Okay. Uh, The animal agriculture industry, they run Congress. These congressmen are bought and paid for by a whole bunch of industries And it's a system that is designed to make the rich richer. I'm a capitalist, okay? I'm not a socialist or a communist. That's not what it's about. This is corporate socialism. This isn't true capitalism. When I go to VegFest and I see, and I buy all my stuff at VegFest, everything from deodorant to the creams to uh, T-shirts, everything pretty much, except maybe a jacket like this that I couldn't get at a VegFest but this is so old. (laughs) Anyway, those are mom and pop capitalists. They are making goods and they are selling them. And uh, I was just at a veg fest in Texas yesterday uh, at the Rowdy Girl Sanctuary the day before, Saturday. And I bought some creams and these are all husband and wife for the most part, 
boyfriend and girlfriend making mother and daughter making stuff and that's capitalism what we have is corporate socialism if if there is an undue advantage to uh, these big massive corporations that are so tied in with the government that they're basically the government that's not capitalism um what are your thoughts on that alum I think you're right. You know, without going into all kind of conspiracy uh, theories, the problem is that you have big, big lobby. The way this country is run, you have big lobbies. Another one is another one that starts with the letter N that we all know how powerful they are. Big lobbies, which is the beef industry, the dairy industry, and the N industry, or the, the one that starts with an N. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name here. That's, that's my opinion. But we know that these, these big lobbies funnel a lot of money into Congress, like you said, literally, in a way, bribing, bribing you know, uh, our elected leaders, uh, you know, Congress members, into voting, you know, for their agendas. So that's why beef is subsidized. That's why milk and dairy is subsidized. That's why guns are, you know, the way they are. And we, the little people, the voters, uh, it seems like we don't have much uh, that we're uh, able to do about it other than voting once every, I don't know, four years or whatever. Well, so, yeah, actually, uh, voting is so important. I just got my uh, ballot mailed to me uh, for the upcoming primary election. I'm going to be filling it out tonight. There's nothing more important than voting. Right. Vote, 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 vote. The 2018 elections are absolutely, the midterms are absolutely crucial for the future. But getting back to our subject that Paul raised with his question, this is something, this is what I don't understand. This is something that's going to affect everyone. It, I don't care, Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, young, old, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, from Europe, from Latin America, from China, from India. If our planet is circling the drain and becoming uninhabitable, it doesn't matter where you live or what your party is or how much money you make. We're not going to be able to live on this planet. We have destroyed more species. We have killed and wiped out more rainforests in the time I've been alive than in the entire history of humankind. And it's getting to a point where if we don't change this diet, okay, in the next few years, we are going to reach a negative tipping point where we can't pull this planet back. There are too many people on this planet for all of us to be eating 200, 300 animals a year, animals that eat a lot more then we do. So it's the most inefficient food source. Animals eat a lot more than they produce as meat or dairy. It's inefficient. Meanwhile, we've got a, a untold number of people dying of starvation and, and people who consider themselves humanitarians are eating steak while other people are dying of starvation. When we could take the 38 pounds of grain that it takes to make one pound of steak and feed it directly to human beings and end world hunger. Yeah. We've got a caller. Uh, our mighty May from Los Angeles, uh, your question or thought, Dr. Our mighty May is a famous veterinarian here in Los Angeles. Our mighty. Hi. Hi, Jane. Thank you so much for putting a spotlight on this important topic. You know, it's something I often hear from people who are not familiar with plant-based eating or vegan lifestyles. What do I eat or how do I get my protein? And I just want to make sure people are aware that plants have protein. They're actually how the biggest herbivores on our planet get their protein from plants. And some of the best athletes that are around and the strongest ultramarathon runners and lifters, in fact, Patrick Babuvian is the strongest man on the planet, and he's completely vegan. So I just want to put that out there for uh, your listeners. Um, I noticed there were a few comments about how people can sustain themselves or what they can eat. And there's so many amazing vegan options, uh, legumes, beans, nuts, seeds, whole grains, fruits, vegetables, herbs, spices, seeds. These are the foods that sustain our bodies and there's no need to slaughter any animals to, to be healthy and to be happy and satisfy our taste cravings. There's plenty of plant-based meats, milks, cheeses, ice creams, etc. So 
uh, just letting listeners know about those options, I think is helpful too. You're making a very good point, Armighty. And Lori Cooper, who is saying, no excuses. We just have to eat meat for protein. Lori, we welcome you. We're not we're not trying, we, we welcome you wherever you are on the journey. And I got that from Gene Bauer, the, fa- the founder of uh, Farm Sanctuary. Um, often people who are the most uh, argumentative are the ones who are actually pondering it. It's the people who have no reaction that I worry about. And I have a few that I know personally, and they're just like, whatever, whatever. They suffer, they die, not my problem. Yeah. Those are the people. The people who argue like Lori, I can deal with them because- at least they're they're trying they're grappling with it. What do you make of that? Uh, uh, when you deal with so many people, Alem, who you're trying to convince, and you're you're uh, you know you're working on getting them to change. Don't you find sometimes it's the people who fight back the most that are actually the most open to change? Because at least they're at least they're processing the information and trying to deal with it. Yeah. So first, you know, I want to tell to Lori. I want to tell Lori that uh, we hear you, but I would, I would, I'm inviting you to challenge your own assumption. What you said, because it's not an axiom; it's not a fa- scientific fact that we have to eat meat for protein. I want to just challenge you to examine it on your own, and do the research, and go to the stores and read labels of products, and see how many grams of protein are in broccoli, or in spinach, or in beans, or in legumes, compared to how many. Uh, grams of protein you have in a steak or in a piece of chicken and really do the research and see that this is an assumption that is incorrect that we have to have eat meat for protein there's other source of pro- sources of protein available to us that are he- actually healthier for human the human body than meat which is processed and again goes through all kind of processes to uh, until it reaches our plate uh, so really, I want to challenge you to uh, examine this assumption, and then you realize, and you can see all of us, we're all plant-based, and we're all pretty healthy and uh, no issue. No, we're not uh, uh, protein deficient. Uh, so yeah, just I want to challenge you to examine this assumption, and then you, you'll see that it just, it's just an assumption that somebody told you, just like my mom told me, you got to eat meat to be strong. It's just, it goes from generation to generation. It's just a habit. It's not true. Uh, and then what you said, Jane, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, in, in our events, in our events, I don't see too many people that argue because they, they have an emotional reaction. They see these animals, they see the pictures. And just like when I went vegetarian, they make the, the decision, you know what, I don't care so much about this, me, 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 me. I don't care. That's what I told myself when I went vegetarian. I don't care if I get sick. I will not participate anymore in taking the life of another living being. I made that decision after I cried and, and saw images and video just like we show at NARD. Not too, too graphic, actually, but I re- it really sunk, sunk in that the token has fallen. And I realized, wow, look at my selfishness. I'm, I'm thinking I, I got to eat that to be healthy. But at the same t- at, for that to happen, I need to butcher and kill and separate families and do all this misery to other beings. But the good news is you don't have to eat it to be healthy. In fact... Right. Eating animals is making us sick. Right. Okay. So, and, and I want to outline that very quickly. Yeah. Heart disease is America's leading killer. Kills one out of every four of us. Okay. That's a heart attack, a stroke from arteries clogged. They get clogged with plaque. Plaque comes from cholesterol. Cholesterol comes from animals. I mean, right there. Processed meat, which is how most people eat meat. Hot dogs, bacon, ham, deli slices. It's officially cancer-causing. Officially cancer-causing. According to the World Health Organization, we've got a caller, uh, Lisa from California. What's your question or thought, Lisa? Okay, Lisa, are you there? Okay. Yeah, I'm there. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, so I wanted to talk about protein. Let's do, I'm just going to ask the question, do we think that Mother Nature made a mistake having 6% protein in human breast milk. Now, I'm not suggesting adults should eat human breast milk, but our bodies, lactating human females, produce breast milk, which is the healthiest form of nutrition for infants. And there's only 6% of the calories come from protein. So now I postulate Mother Nature did not make a mistake. That's a reasonable amount of protein. And when we look at animals, the animals that people eat, 
and I'm not talking about China, but I'm talking about cows and pigs and turkeys and chickens. And we look at those animals. These are all vegan animals. They're not vegetarian. They're vegan. And these animals don't breastfeed from other animals. They, they, they produce, the females produce milk until, for their infants. And when their infants are no longer infants, they stop breastfeeding them. And we are the only mammals, the only animals on the planet that continue to breastfeed after infancy. And it makes us sick because all right. infant me, milk me, is tasty. First of all, what is your question? So I just wanted to respond to the comments that were going on the uh, Facebook page about uh, about protein. So I just simply wanted to make a statement about that you know about protein and that it does not need to derive from an animal. That it originally comes from plants and that nothing magical happens in that animal that makes that protein better. It's the same protein. It's the same amino acids that came from vegan animals that ate plants to begin with. Well, let me, you raised some good points, Lisa. First of all, we are the only species that steals the mother's milk from another species and drinks it for ourselves. It is not natural for human beings to drink the breast milk of cows. People don't even know that cows have to be pregnant to produce milk. They think somehow, again, milk comes from milk trees or milk fountains. No, these cows have to be impregnated, and that means they're forcibly impregnated. It's not a bunch of cows making love out there on the fields. The industry no, term is rape rack. That is the industry term. So I say that to people who consider themselves feminists or social justice uh, advocates, is that all these animals are being unnaturally impregnated, okay? And they're that's how it's going in, the semen. Then they give birth to their babies. Their babies are taken from them because if the calves are in the same area with the mother, cow, the calves are gonna wanna suckle on the mother just like every child and drink the mother's milk. Every mother wants to be with her child. Every child wants to be with his or her mother. So they separate the calves immediately from the mothers. The boy calves are either killed outright or they go into veal crates where they're isolated and they are what what hell have I been born into where is my mother the daughters are put right into the dairy system as soon as they can and when the dairy cows get old enough that they're not great milk producers anymore they're set to slaughter turn into hamburger and they are replaced by their own daughters it is an absolute Machiavellian system Alam tell me why it is that some people is it the conditioning of the TV ads? What is it that makes people unable to see how evil that scenario that I described is? I think, again, it's, it's habits, 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 habits. We all, we grow on these habits. We, we all were fed milk, either from, you know, formula or whatever. We keep on drinking milk in our coffee. It's just habits. And most people never stop like us and Lisa and Dr. May and all the good people that have been on the show. Most people never stop to examine these facts, learn the truth, think for a second, where does milk come from? Realize that the fact that you have milk for your coffee means that a baby cow cannot have that milk. That means that that baby cow is going to be killed and separate from their mom because you need the milk from their mom. So most people don't stop ever to think about it and realize that. And we, we all, I mean, Jane, I'm sure you and me and everybody here, we ate meat and we drank milk at some point in our life until we woke up, right? Until we learned the facts. Somebody showed us a video or, a, or an image. In my case, it was just somebody showed me a leaflet with images. And I learned of the truth. I, re- I learned the truth. I did my research. And I learned that, wow, I, I realized that's the system that us human beings have devised, which is worse than any Holocaust that ever happened on this planet. I'm sorry. It's worse. And I come from a family that was killed in one of these holocausts. We human beings have devised these insane Machiavellian, like you call them, systems to bring us these products. And we never stop to think about it. So I think most people, when they do stop to think about it and they learn the facts, they see the videos, they see the images. Again, when we show them at NARD or other events, they want to change something. They, most people are compassionate. They didn't know. They say, wow, I didn't know how terrible this was. I want to change something. 
Uh, I think very few people learn of the fact and know the fact and don't care about it. That's, those people, I don't even know what to do with them. And uh, I have no conversation with them. I can't even reach, reach out to them. But I think most people are compassionate. They're good people. Once they just learn the facts, they open their eyes, something about them will change. That's what I believe. And that's what I see in, in our events, please. Well, I hope you take part in National Animal Rights Day coming up this Sunday, June 3rd. To get more information on it, you can go to thenard.org, thenard.org. Uh, and it's the, and then N-A-R-D, which stands for National Animal Rights Day, .org. It has all the information. This is happening all over the globe. And if you're in a city that doesn't have a NARD event, you can start one. You can yeah. contact Alum and... Uh, message him on Facebook or uh, go to the National Animal Rights Day Facebook page and start one. All you need is a couple of people and some signs. In fact, I dare say, you know, two people could even have an art event. Um, but this is going to involve thousands of people around the world. Uh, Jane Unchained is very proud and honored to be a sponsor of National Animal Rights Day. And also and Dr. May is also a sponsor. Oh, Dr. Armani May, who is a veterinarian who just called. And there's a lot of, a lot of other great sponsors right. um, that I can tell you about. Uh, but it's this is the eighth time that it's happened. Uh, it's part of waking the world up. And it's not just for the animals. It's for the survival of the human species, the survival of the planet. This is the most important issue of our times. And if you say, well, yeah, if it was really that important, they'd be talking about it on the news. No, because look at the advertisers, meat, dairy, and pharmaceuticals. The very industries that would go out of business if they started, if people woke up and said, oh my God, we're, we're mowing down all the forests, okay, to create crops, to feed animals, the most inefficient food source, and we are wiping out the wildlife. If you have kids or grandkids, don't you want them to be able to see a giraffe? Don't you want them to be able to see a, an orangutan? Or do you want all those animals to go extinct? So you can just have that dish that you happen to like and you feel you have the right to it. You know, I think about it more and more as we wrap up. People feel they have the right to eat meat. And what I say to them is you have the might. You have the might but you don't have the right. Might is not right. And I got to tell you, it's going to come back to bite. And that rhymes. <laughs> so Alam, you are just amazing. I want to thank you for being thank here. You. And uh, it's great talking about National Animal Rights Day and this incredible, incredible fast growing movement. See you next time on Voice America Influencers every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.